You, you treated everyone the right way. No filter is no filter. The voice of Central Kentucky with no filter. I love talking to you about this kind of stuff because you, you get it. High, short, won't make the end zone. Brown moves toward the right hash mark and fields it. Across the 15, across the 20, Uh-oh. 30, cuts right. Goodbye. Look out, goodbye. Across the 40, the 30, 20, the 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky, Marion Brown. Wow. Six. I mean, Tom, he didn't do much. He, he started out right in the middle of the field, and all he did was angle to the right. That is just sensational blocking by the other 10 players. Wow. All right, we're going to start with the Cutler Decree. Are you ready for this? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Alan Cutler. By the way, that is uh, the call courtesy of JMI, uh, also on LAP, also on iHeart. Did we courtesy everybody in the world? I hope so. And uh, Jeff and Tom do a great job. They really do. Here's my decree. If he doesn't touch the ball seven times every game, I want to fire somebody. (laughs) Seriously. I want to fire somebody. I don't want to hear that there wasn't enough time. I don't want to hear we had a scoop and score and a defensive touchdown, which is great, and they should have had another scoop and score. And again, the media did not ask the question on Monday, did you lose more plays because the clock has changed and they're running the clock more, like Chip Kelly complained about, Chip of UCLA, one of the great coaches of his time. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because guess what? He gets top priority. Number one. Number one. Is there anybody who's got more potential? By the way, Key is great. Okay? You got two NFL players. Who's your biggest weapon? What is that old line in baseball? I'm sure Jimmy has heard it. In the ninth inning, when you've got your man to save the game, you never get beat with your second best pitch. I know you've heard that, Jimmy. I know you've heard that. Yeah. Okay. So you want to beat the other team with what? Your best pitch. I don't give a rat's. And is it possible that Kentucky didn't throw as many screen passes as Justin Rowland pointed out on Twitter, which I also believe because they're playing Ball State? Yes, they're holding stuff back, and I get that. Seven touches. Seven, seven, seven. By the way, more would be better. He's got to have seven touches before Ray Davis gets a dozen carries. I can't be more serious. You have a weapon. This this is common freaking sense. That's all it is. Can't believe I have to help Mark Stoops coach. I'm being a little sarcastic here. You think somebody will take it the wrong way? I kind of hope you do. If you can't realize I'm being sarcastic, it's in the suggestion box. Is that nice? Yeah, suggestion box. Yeah. yeah. Comments, concerns. Yeah, and I, I, Stoops done a great job. I shouldn't have to say that after making that comment. He has. He's done a great job. Seven touches. Seven touches. I don't care that they won by 37 touches. Now, if you win by 30 against an SEC team and you're up by 30, you want to take them out of the game, that's one thing. Seven touches. And by the way, Jimmy, am I saying 12 or 15? No. Which would be nice, by the way. Seven touches. I don't care if it's an end around. I don't care if it's a pitch. I don't care if it's a screenplay. I don't care if it's a long pass. I don't care if it's on returns. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Similar to what Tyreek Hill, how he was used with the Chiefs and Dolphins, even if it's one of those jet, uh, the touch passes. Just put the ball in his hands. You know, you're smarter than the average bear. (laughs) How do you think Ohio State fans feel with Marvin Harrison, potentially the greatest, the most talented player in college football? Two catches. I couldn't believe it. Now, I realize their quarterback did not look good. Yeah. He really didn't. And Ohio State fans are going crazy. Ohio State fans go crazy if somebody stubs their toe. Really? Yeah. 
But that's the thing with when you have a guy like Barry on Brown, like you said, just manufacture touches to get him the ball. Yes. It doesn't have to be anything down the field. It doesn't have to be shot passes. It doesn't have to be that. Liam Cohn, with all the hype, and it's great that he's back. Seven touches. Now, if he averages seven touches over the course of the season, I'm okay with that. You can say they won by 30. Why am I complaining? I think it's pretty obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. Now, if he gets two touches to get to Eastern Kentucky and more touches down the road, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I really am. That was tied for the fastest speed. Fastest speed in college football, mileage-wise. What do you think of that? How fast was it? Does it say how fast it Over is? Over 21 miles an hour. Wow. He's a 10-400 meter guy. It's pretty fast. You know, when he runs or Wallace runs, they look different. They just look different. Like, Key isn't slow, and he looks quick, okay? But Brown is like, it's a different race. Yeah, it's when you have that track speed where it's, you look effortless when you run, there's a difference. And I've heard so, I forget who said it, but... They said you can watch a guy's face when he runs. Like when Tyreek Hill runs, not to bring him up again, his face looks relaxed. I'm sure if you watch Barry on Brown when he runs, his face, he's not, uh, uh, he's relaxed. And he's just hes just moving. He's well, gliding. If he's doing what you did, do that again. <laughs> it's tough to have your body yeah. in total control and move smoothly when you're grunting because you're causing some internal what? Constipation. You're right. Good point. Good afternoon. Let me set up the show. And, uh, boy, I got some stuff on Big Z. I got some stuff on the Reds. I hope I at least get those two things in before 1230. Uh, Scott Boley will join us at 1230. Uh, Somebody put on Twitter, retweeted what I put out in the show, said world's tallest dentist. Uh, Scott Boley played at Western Kentucky. Uh, he and his wife were big-time players in high school. His daughter, Erin, was Gatorade Player of the Year nationally and in Kentucky, obviously, and hit 42% of her shots at Oregon. Her younger brother, oh, what's his name? Um, 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 Cutter, <laughs> coming to Kentucky. And so wouldn't you think most people will say, you're going to ask a deep football question first, right? Wouldn't most people think that? Yeah. No. You think most people have figured out what we do in these conversations? It's not every day, but just about every day. I'm not Mike Wallace. I don't bring people in to be be Mike Wallace. I couldn't play Mike Wallace on TV. Oh, my gosh. How many people listen to me at the age of 30 even know who the hell Mike Wallace is? It's a good question. Probably not many. I don't. Really? (laughs) Seriously? No. Oh, my gosh. Look it up. I'm not helping you on that. 60 Minutes, toughest interview guy of his generation. Oh, my gosh. You don't know what Mike Wallace is? Jimmy, you're destroying me. You're just destroying me. Uh, Scott will be here. Wasn't a big 60 Minutes fan growing up, unfortunately. No, but uh, you should know who Mike <laughs> Wallace is. I see his face. I know who he is now seeing his face, but <gasps> name? When I think Mike Wallace, I think of the receiver. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> no, but seeing his face, I know who the – yeah, I know who he is. <sighs> you're on probation again. Uh, Greg Stottlemyer. A uh, long-time voice. You looked it up for me last time. How many years has he done the play ball? I asked him when he was here last time. Anyway, they should honor him. Put a street named after his name or something like that. I'm serious. There aren't a lot of people who have done play-by-play as long as Greg has done for one school. 
There have been others through the course of time, but he's up there. Um, so we'll talk about Kentucky and East EKU. Uh, tomorrow, Rags and Kenny. I'm no longer saying Kenny and Rags. That's Rags and Kenny Rice. Uh, as much as I love Kenny, I'd like his father more, which Kenny understands. Is his dad 94 or 92? I think 92. Okay. You know, I, we should know. We sang happy birthday to him on the air. Uh, anyway, they'll be in tomorrow. Vinny Hardy, who's very strong on Kentucky, has his own podcast. He'll join us tomorrow. Friday, Jerry Blanton will join us. Uh, hopefully, Hal McCoy will join us. And uh, Brad Taylor will join us. Talking about the Kentucky EKU game as he will join us every week. Before Kentucky plays, the day before. As he's got his book out, Side Hustle, about gambling. Brad Taylor, 2 o'clock. And also, that's at Amazon. So is my book, Cut to the Chase, is on Amazon. All right, you pick it. Reds or Big Z? Reds. Oh, man. You surprised me. Okay, let's play Reds. Okay, before you play the winning hit, I am absolutely convinced there isn't another player in baseball that could do what Dela Cruz did. Not one. I mean, not one. He beats out an infield hit, I mean barely. Then everybody in the ballpark knows he's going to do what? Steal second base. Everybody. You know, it's one thing when you surprise someone. It's another thing, you know, for example, Hank Aaron, all-time greatest home run hitter. Oh, am I supposed to say Bonds? (laughs) Excuse me. You know he played in Lexington? Hank Aaron did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a thousand years ago. You know he used to to hold his hands the wrong way? Yeah, I have seen that, that he, uh, forget what they call it. You can break your wrist if you, you yeah. do that. Well, it's because when he grew up, no one taught him. So he's, it was yeah. on a Sunday night baseball or something. He was in the booth with A-Rod talking about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, read his biography. It's spectacular. Yeah. When he left home, his mom gave him a sandwich, put it in the bag, stuck it in his pocket, and he left home. And he was really skinny when he left home because they didn't have a lot of food. It's an amazing story. Uh, Doug Flynn, who's done the show, his late dad, Bobby, who I loved. Everybody loved his dad. Bobby played against Hank Aaron. Wow. We're talking about a long, long time ago. So anyway, Cruz says, hey, <laughs> you know, people are complaining a little bit because he gets thrown out every now and then. He goes, I'm just going. I'm just going. And, and he said he knew he was going to score before he got the first base. How about that? He knew he was going to score basically when he got up to the plate. You talk about confidence. Talk about confidence. So he beats out. I don't know if you saw the play. He beats out an infield hit that when I saw it, even I'm going, uh, 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 I don't think he's going to get this one. He does by a smidgen. You know what it looked like? The roadrunner who was a blur to first base. <laughs> then he takes off to second base. And then with the game tied at six, it is time for a hero. Grounded right side. Windmill is on. Hernandez from right center. Reds win. The Rally Reds 10th walk-off of the year, and rookies at the core once more. 44th comfort behind win. I believe it's the 10th walk-off win. I should have said this earlier. I mean weeks ago. Shame on me, so I'm going to say it now. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Now, I also believe they might not have enough juice to make the playoffs. They're tied with what? 
one of three tied for the last spot or something it's, like that? It's uh, them, the Giants, and the Marlins, okay. I believe. Yeah. It's going to go right down to the wire, which, by the way, is great for baseball because it's going to help attendance. Yeah. And the Cubs are right in there, too. They're yeah. all within like a game of each it's other. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it really is really cool. I believe. I don't know if they're going to get in the playoffs, but nobody in their right mind thought on this day they would be that close. Nobody. No, Not the Reds, not the most positive person in that organization. That's what makes sports beautiful. When you see something positive, I think it's great. And by the way, in Canarcion, um, you can see him blossoming. I'd like to see some shots of him batting when he came up and now. It looks like, and I haven't, this is on memory, his swing is, it, it's like he's relaxed and his swing has calmed down and he's got a shorter swing. I don't know who the strongest guy on the team is. I wonder if he is. He's got a short stroke and when he hits it, he hits it a long way. So he did more than just on a bouncer, knocking the winning run. Very much in our thoughts. Encarnacion straight to left. That's gone. He begins the sixth inning with his sixth home run of the big leagues. A rude greeting for Dominic Leone. And this crap that he doesn't have a position. I wonder what Alan Stein now says. When Alan said that uh, he can't play defense, he doesn't have any position. I'm not saying he's a go-go first baseman because he's not. Just stick him on a first base. And I'm now convinced for the first time, well, I was convinced as soon as he went on the disabled list, you can't bring Votto back. you got to pay him his money, say thank you very much. You, ju- you just can't. If his shoulder can't handle playing now after all the rehab, it's just father time. CES needs to play first base eh, about 120 times, DH about 25 times next year. You got to get him 550, 600 bats. You do. And, and how about Marte? How about Marte? You know, one of the things I liked about him coming up, he was a shortstop. And you draft all the shortstops in the world and then you move them around. I, I love that philosophy, by the way. It's like draft center fielders and move them around, right? Move them around. What I liked about Marte when he wasn't hitting, and this doesn't convince me he's definitely going to hit like he was in the minor leagues. I think it's going to happen. Maybe last night is the start. But he hasn't been hitting. And the Reds were smart. I give him credit. Instead of sitting his fanny down, they're showing patience. But what I really liked, Jimmy, was he was playing really good defense. Really good D when he wasn't hitting. So that means it wasn't affecting his bat, which is usually a big problem for a young player. If you're not doing one, it affects the other. How many times have you heard, well, you know, if you're not hitting, you better field. Well, it has, happens to be a problem with a lot of young people. So he made some plays and going, oh, okay. And they showed patience. And perhaps it's starting to pay off. Well hit to left. The first major league home run for Noel Di Marte. And it comes against the team that traded him to the Reds. A pair of Reds rookies go deep, and Cincinnati draws within two. Now, you know I love Hal McCoy, right? Is that pretty obvious? Yeah. Hopefully, Hal will join us on Friday. Haven't even asked him yet, so if he did, he can't. He can't. I love Hal. He's just a he's a national treasure. I loved his headline on Facebook. About last night's game. You ready? <laughs> I don't know how many people would use this as a headline. He used the word heist. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the Reds had no business winning that game. 44th come from behind. I believe, I believe, I believe. I don't know if they have enough. But I absolutely, unequivocally believe, 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 
believe. Anything else on the Reds we should play right now, or should I switch over to Big Z? There was an incredible pinch hit home run by someone who likes his martinis dirty. Ah, I think that should be played. Lifted to right. Could it go? Martini off the bench ties the game. The Rally Reds strike again. They have roared back to draw even at six. You know, he's an interesting case, and I've changed my opinion to him. I figured he'd be around for about a week. And I'll be honest, I said this on the air, can't lie, that they called up a lifelong AAA guy. Didn't I say that? Yeah. I said it. Okay? Guess what? I think I'm wrong. Can I be wrong? I think that's okay. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone that said that they thought Martini would be this good, I think they would be fibbing a little bit. A lot. Yeah, I don't know if anyone even heard of who he was. No, I knew who he was. Yeah. I knew who he you, was. At least you knew who he was. Okay. I had no idea who he was. That's fine. But he there's a couple things. One, he's like an older guy who's blended in. Yeah. I think he's having I think this guy's having the time of his life. He's 30 what? I think he's 31, 32. Something yeah. like that. And he's bounced around. I mean, he looks like a guy that's been on bus rides and drank beer and hung out with guys and is loose and relaxed. And you hear the sound I there was a sound, I don't think we played it from a couple days ago, where he's talking about how close his team was and how much fun it is, and he's having a good time. I think he's playing better because the guys around him. Seriously. There's no pressure. I didn't think he'd still be on the team now. Now I have a different opinion. Let's see how it plays out the rest of the year. He's not arbitration eligible. He's a veteran. You don't have to pay him 400000 next year. The Reds are cheap, right? Is he going to complain if he comes off the bench? Nope. No. No. Is it going to pine if he plays first base occasionally for CES? No. Is it going to complain if he only occasionally plays left field or right field? No. Can you find a way to get him in 120 games as a pinch hitter? God, come on in. As a pinch hitter or something like that? No. And he's got a great attitude. I knew you were shorter than me. Scott, have a seat. Scott Bowling in the house. I mean, c- come on, think about it. So I was wrong about this guy. I'm looking at him, I'm going, wow. He's got his hat on backwards, he's loose and relaxed, he's talking about the clubhouse, hits a home run, doesn't care about coming off the bench. Okay, we're going to do the Big Z stuff, then we'll take a break, then Scott Foley will be in the house. You know, somebody put on Twitter today, did you see the picture I put up on you? Do me a favor, turns off, well, we'll introduce Scott properly in a minute. Uh, Scott, get the mic close to Scott. So when's the last time you saw that picture of you, Western Kentucky? Well, I found out about it about two hours ago because <laughs> Tim Couch takes to me and said, nice shorty shorts. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I found out about it. God bless you, Tim. Yeah, that's the other side of Tim that people don't really. Tim Couch. Well, okay, he's Tim Couch, but he's just Tim. So, you know, he, bu- he likes to bust chops. He's like, does he do that? Yeah, okay, so he's a stud quarterback, but he's Tim Couch. Yeah, you know what? And uh, I'll be on and hopefully they don't sue me because it's a copyrighted thing. The copyright is on there, and I even put on there, courtesy of Western Kentucky, I love the picture. I, it, it's a great picture. I was very skinny in that picture. Yeah. That's the first thing I noticed. I wish I was that skinny now. So you are the tallest dentist. Somebody put on Twitter that you're the That's tallest funny. dentist or something yeah. like that. Um, I have a question to ask you when we start, mm-hmm. and you're going to think it's about football, don't you? Probably. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I promise you it's not about football. Gotcha. So, uh, Scott Bowley in the house. We will have what I call a conversation. This is not where we're in July 4th. That's not what I do. Uh, it's a conversation, and 
whatever happens, happens. I actually prepared for you. I don't usually prepare. Well, you know, if it's Tim Couch, I know. I covered Tim. I know Tim. Although sometimes you forget about stuff. You are actually prepared. I mean, I know knew about your daughter, obviously, sure. and stuff like that. I had, I did know that your wife was also a really good basketball player. She was. She so was. I learned something. Softball, especially. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. I got to get into You shut his mic off because he doesn't want to be part of this. You don't want to be part of this. Um, first of all, I want to thank Jay Blanton for texting me back quickly. Uh, Jay is the PR guru, and I mean that. He's really, really good, and I'm going to disagree with him. I don't think it was his call. I'm sure he advised. He's great at what he does. This whole thing with Big Z, okay? So Jay Blanton, who is UK's spokesperson, and I'm guessing the president knew about this before it's sent out. I'm just guessing. Not everything, but some. So Big Z is not here. The young man speaks four languages. I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are other students, as I've said, who have been admitted to Kentucky, who have language problems, but it's been diversity, and some of these young people have done great. You want people from all over the world here. And as I said yesterday, they mentioned it today in KSR, which I which is pretty cool, so driving over here. And 50-50, they got it from me. I made a big deal yesterday. The fact is, if you don't let this kid in, and this is not the reason why you should, if you don't let this kid in, how the hell is Cal ever going to recruit anybody from Croatia again? It ain't happening. Don't waste a plane ticket. Yeah, you know, you screwed Big Z. They don't care what the minutia of what happened here. This kid comes here and does well. It opens up that part of Europe for Cal, which he should have been going after a long time ago, as I've said many times. He did Canada. Why shouldn't he do Africa? Why shouldn't he do This is the gold standard. Get people from all over the world. They can afford plane tickets. This kid doesn't come here. He's never going to recruit there again. There's a lot of tall human beings, taller than Scott Bowley. You really are 6'9", aren't you? You legitimately. You first guy in the studio that's taller than you, Jimmy, I think. <laughs> no, we had uh what was his name? Uh former uh the guy that used to play for Kentucky, uh, I think he's Polish. Oh Lucas. Lucas? Luke yeah, Luke yeah. Orbsuit. I forgot he was here. Yeah. Yeah. He was a little taller than me. No, he's a lot taller than you. Almost a whole human taller. Yeah, he said that that's about right. Um anyway. This is just wrong. I'm gonna read the statement word for word. And here's my theme. Folks, we're not stupid, okay? You're not stupid. This is a public university. Now, I get it. Let me get the U.K. stuff out that they have to protect. And I get it. I understand it. I respect it. You can't just say, well, Big Z can't come here because this is his issue. You can't do that. Or maybe they don't want to do it. You have to be a little protective. What you could say, we have an issue. And this is how the system is. And this is what you have to do. You know what UK owes you? You know what they owe you? They owe you an explanation. It's a public institution. This ain't private. This is not like Vanderbilt where they won't tell you how much the athletics director makes because they don't have to. This is not like Vanderbilt who plays their baseball coach and more power to them. they got a great baseball program. A fortune, I'm guessing seven figures plus, but I don't know because they don't have to. This is a public university. It's different. And they're hiding and by the way, this is not just UK. It's so many public institutions. I think they owe it to you to call a press conference to explain how this admission stuff goes on. Because I know this stuff I don't understand. I don't want to understand. I want an explanation. Forget about me. You deserve an explanation. I want to read this. Word for word. From Jane Blanton. By the way, I text Jay today. 
to try to have him come on the show. He immediately texted me back, which I appreciated. said, I'm in Louisville. I can't do it today. And I said, thanks for texting me back. Jay's great. I like Jay. You don't have to agree with everybody. And I'm not saying this is all Jay because I don't know. But Jay's really smooth. And there's a reason why he's the head of PR for the entire university. They don't hand that job out. He's overqualified for the job. Okay, quote, Unfortunately, misinformation is being perpetrated regarding the admission status of someone wishing to attend the University of Kentucky. The truth is, members of our university, from our athletics department to our administration and all other units, are working together efficiently and in a manner that is consistent with the institution's admission standards. Now, that's the key. With the institution's admission standards. Hold on to that. Back to the exact statement. There are often complex issues with multiple aspects to them, and they require many people working to do the right thing for an individual wishing to attend the university. That is what we are doing. Spreading unfounded rumors helps no one. End of quote. Well, first of all, if I've been part of spreading unfounded rumors, I will personally apologize. Two, I've said all along, I don't know how the admissions work. And I've also said, what, there's probably some lovely people in the building. Okay? If the president can get involved, since this is a university that says they care about diversity, great, he's here because he's a basketball player. Who are we kidding? We all know that. The kid speaks four languages. You have the CATS program. There's no doubt in my mind, without talking to this kid, this kid can do the grades here. Would he have to do some work? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. That's what this university is supposed to be about. Somebody put on Twitter all the countries, I think it was 30 plus, Jimmy, all the countries where whatever test that he took, which UK apparently does not respect because it's not part of their system, there's like 30 countries. And some of them are crazy, like Turks and Caicos. You're in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> I mean, it's why Croatia is not on that. This I do know. I don't know the number, but most of the schools, excuse me, most of the countries on that list don't speak as much English in the country as they do in Croatia, which I also found fascinating. Okay? Here's the deal. I am telling you, this kid will end up somewhere else. I am telling you, if you put your ear to the railroad tracks, you probably have heard Cal scream. And I'm telling you, they owe it to this kid and the university and the basketball team to have him on the team. This is silly. This is silly. And I could be wrong here, but I wonder if Capilouto, President Capilouto, can do something about this. I don't know that for a fact. I would assume that he can. This makes no sense. It really does. This should be a win-win deal. Win-win deal. It's, I think this whole thing is sad. I really think it's sad. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy, I'm going to be on time. Scott, I'm never on time. How often am I on time? Almost never. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're almost right. <laughs> 859-533-0914. Acupuncture. Blue Lotus Health. Ramon Cariega. I was there yesterday. Acupuncture. Check him out. Not cheap. Are you worth it? I think you are. I think I am. I think my wife is. It's helping me. Chinese medicine. Yeah, it's kind of new. It's been around for thousands of years. Not too far from the studio. 859-533-0914. 859-533-0914. Scott Boley coming up next. This is 1300 AM.
92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by Republic Bank. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Damn, set. Corn dogs coming in for the board. Rick, what are you doing? I'm practicing my snack plays for the next football game. Well, in that case, Uncle Rick, stop by any Clark's Puffin Shop and pick up Uncle Ray's potato chips, eight ounce bags, two for five dollars, or Lifesaver or Skittles gummies, regular size bag, two for six dollars. Don't get sidelined without your supplies this football season. Clark's Pumping Shop. Return, refresh, refuel. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. When you're a Republic Bank customer, your financial life is always close at hand. The Republic Bank mobile app makes it easy to deposit checks, pay bills, and send money to friends and family from almost anywhere. Plus, you can view your transaction history, transfer funds, and even find the nearest banking center or ATM all from your mobile device. Republic Bank. It's just easier here. Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. Lexington area weather. Showers and a few storms in the forecast for your Wednesday out ahead of a cold front that will be dropping our temperatures for the rest of the week. Temperatures on Thursday reaching right around 80 degrees, then falling into the upper 70s for Friday and the weekend. I'm ABC 36 Storm Team Meteorologist Dylan Goday. Hear the best SEC talk in America on the Paul Feinbaum Show with me, Paul Feinbaum. Weekdays 3 to 7 on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 a.m. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, Monday through Friday. Scott Boley in the house. Daughter is Aaron. Yep. Uh, son is um, uh, Cutter. Cutter. Have another son, Jackson. Yeah. Doesn't get any pub, does he? <laughs> no, he's, he's doing okay. He's in medical school right now. Okay. He's doing good. So, um... Not worried about his future either. No, he's good. <laughs> okay, so you think I'm going to ask you about football first, right? That's what I get mostly. <laughs> mostly. No, 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 no. I have a deep probing question for you. Okay. You have a basketball court in your, at your house? I do. Okay. I would love to see, if it's cool, I'd love to have a cooler beer, <laughs> nice chair, people hanging around. If your family plays horse, who wins? Me. Wow! <laughs> okay, let's set this up. Aaron shot 43% from three-point land as a senior at Oregon. Uh-huh. Your wife is supposedly a really good shooter, and you said better yeah. softball player. Yeah. You know what? I should know. I don't know what Cutter averaged before this year, but I heard he was a good shooter. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I thought I'm you were saying? a little say? overconfidence in myself. I think Aaron, Aaron might get me in the long run. <laughs> what'd you shoot? In, what'd you shoot at Western Kentucky? Oh gosh, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Or really? No, I don't. I have no idea. Now, if Aaron was sitting here, would she agree with you? Would she say, "Dad, she's so nice"? She would probably say me just to be nice. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I think yeah, if we uh, did it out over the long haul, I'd say Aaron would get me. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's she's she can shoot. That's for sure. She could play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was a big-time player. She was, yeah. So, when Cutter's like three, do you say, ha, we got a stud quarterback? I mean, that's a dumb question. Absolutely but, not. We're a family yeah. of – actually, basketball players. My youngest brother, Spencer, uh, was a really good pitcher at Eastern Kentucky, baseball pitcher. Uh, my other brother, Miller, was a really good baseball pitcher. Uh, so, we had a lot of baseball and basketball, both. Like I said, my wife was a really good softball player. Um, really no football other than, uh, uh, you know, younger stuff. Now, my oldest son, Jackson uh, – he was about to commit Duke, to Duke in baseball as a sophomore in high school. He has Crohn's disease, arthritis from his Crohn's, kept him from pitching anymore. So his senior year, he went out for football, ended up getting something to Wyoming as a tight end out of it. So uh, so we had a football player there, but he hadn't played since sixth grade, so it wasn't like a long developing football thing. So Cutter's really the, the first one. What's Aaron doing now? She's married, and her husband uh, is a baseball coach at Georgia Tech. He caught for University of Louisville. Uh, I should know the name. Help me. Zeke Pinkham. And he is coaching at Georgia Tech now. So Okay. Uh, uh, being a coach, they'll probably move around a little bit over the years. Yep. And the drive to Atlanta is not that bad. It's better than Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet your uh, plane ticket extravaganza was pretty severe for a few Had years. kids at Wyoming and Oregon both. So oh, the fact man. that Cutter's not a plane right away or won't be a plane right away is going to be nice. It, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's nice. Helps retirement out down the road, doesn't it? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Okay, so... You're an athlete. Your wife's an athlete. You got all these athletes in the family. I can't tell you how many parents through the years who were athletes have told me they were more nervous watching their kids than they ever were on the court. I don't even have words to tell you how much more it is watching your kid. There's no way to even describe that. I mean, you get nervous as a player, like in the locker room and warm ups a little bit. Once you get going, it's fine. You're just having fun. You're focused on what you're doing. But you know, with watching your kids, there's there's nothing you can – you have no control over anything. There's nothing you can do except sit there and think about it. So, you know, I know it's all fine before and once the game's over, you know, everything's going to be fine no matter what happens. But in the moment, it, it's uh, it's a little stressful. I, I was talking to actually Tim about this the other day. It's it's um, uh, as a quarterback too, it feels like there's so much on the quarterback's shoulders sure. that I feel like if he was not, another, not that position, I would be nervous but not nearly as nervous because all eyes are on you obviously when – when you're the quarterback. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he feels it, but I feel like I feel it. I've never talked to your son, but from what I've seen, he seems really calm and cool. He's, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty, he's pretty relaxed. Now he's intense in the game. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. He's uh he has a pretty good demeanor. Hopefully. Yeah. When did it hit you to be football? <laughs> he was probably five or six just out in the backyard. You know, didn't think anything about it at the time. And my dad used to always tell me how hey, you can't teach that arm. You can't teach that arm. It's like, well, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. And all my kids played every sport, and I did too growing up. So uh, probably when we started going to some camps about sixth or seventh grade where you're competing against people nationally, not just locally, and you start to say, hey, you know, I don't need anybody to tell me that his arm's better than almost all these other kids, you know. Uh, so you start, and that, you know, just having a good arm by itself doesn't, you know, doesn't mean anything, but. You start competing against other people from across the country. You start realizing, hey, there might be might be something to this. So you're you're saying, okay, it's my son. It's okay. Now you see other guys. You go, oh, wait a second, this could be special. Yeah, yeah. And he he did great in basketball too. But you know, he was good. But 
you, you go to nationally things like that, and he did well, but he wasn't standing out like he did in, in football or uh, quarterback. Steve Miller put on uh, Facebook when I just was teasing the show, that's my <laughs> teammate, great guy. <laughs> I got to see Steve finally. We played Henry Clay last year when his son was playing, so uh, yeah, it was great catching up with Steve. I hadn't seen Steve in forever because I covered him in high school. And, and um, yeah, it was the year I did. I was pausing a second senior moment. Madison Central. I did Madison Central basketball play by play, and and uh, he was an assistant coach or something like that. And walked in. We had a great conversation. Um, he's a really good dude. Yeah, he is. He is. It was good seeing him. I would always believe if he didn't hurt his back, he would have had a different career. Well, that's probably true. He was a really good player. Yeah, yeah. that's probably true. Yeah. As a junior, he was spectacular, and something happened with his back. And yeah. It wasn't the same. And yeah, I actually forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was you know, even. I remember having private conversations with Al Pruitt because he said this could be the best guy I've ever had, and whatever. And he really liked Steve and all that kind of stuff. And and it, it was the back I'm getting on a tangent, but it was kind of yeah. He still had a really good career. Oh, absolutely. But he might have yeah. had a different level of a career because right. there was nothing he couldn't do on the court. Yeah, have to be healthy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a problem. A lot of guys don't have it. So how would you rate yourself as an athlete and a basketball player, scale of 1 to 10? Well, jokingly, when my kids were born, and I do mean jokingly, we, I told all my buddies that if they got my height and my wife's athletic ability, then I could teach them, you know, <laughs> skills and stuff to me. You know, that doesn't mean to do what my daughter did. I'm just thinking to be a good good player, good sure. high school player. Sure, sure. That kind of panned out that way, especially Cutter. Cutter and you know my other two kids know this now. He's jumps the best. He's the fastest. He's the most athletic. Cutter is, and that's yeah, that's more from that's more from my wife for sure. I was a really good shooter and I was tall, that kind of stuff. But uh, I was not, uh, you know, I was I wasn't a terrible athlete, but I certainly was not. Nobody's gonna look at me and say, "Boy, he's a great athlete." <laughs> well, you couldn't have been bad. You went to Western Kentucky to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. You scored over two thousand points know, in high school. Not a great leaper. Not a great you know. Not great speed. Not terrible. Just. That kind of mediocre and you know all the athletic stuff. So, as a parent, how do you decide when to push, and how do you decide when to pull back? How do you decide to? And I say this with kindness: shut up when somebody else is coaching your son when you know it's not right. How do you decide to say I got to stay out of this even though I know it's not right? How, how, how do you handle that? Because that that there's got to be a fine line there because I'm sure he probably had some really good coaches. I'm not looking for names. It's not important. Yeah. That's not where yeah. I'm coming from. But I'm sure he had some coaches who didn't know what you knew, not just because you played, but didn't know what you knew. So how do you handle that? Well, first of all, in football, hopefully the smartest thing I did was know not to teach him anything because I wasn't a quarterback. So me trying to tell him what to do is 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 pointless. So I'd, I'd got him help early. On. I'd say early on. I mean, we're talking maybe sixth, seventh grade before we got any, any help. Uh, his quarterback coach, Max Staver, down in Nashville, and that's who we've stuck with all the way through. So I, I wasn't really trying to teach him anything there. Now, basketball, I will admit, uh, with all my kids, especially my daughter, if there was somebody trying to change their form, then I would tell them, hey, just smile, say yes, sir, <laughs> yes, ma'am, but don't really listen to that. You know, right or wrong, I thought I knew what to what to teach them shooting-wise. And, you know, I'm certainly not the best shooter ever, but I still thought I knew enough to help them. And it's like quarterback and two is the same way, throwing the ball. You can get too many chefs in the kitchen. You try to get 30 people telling you what to do, and now it just gets confusing because one guy says this, one guy says this. It gets, you know, you need to kind of get with something and stick with it. You can get advice from people, don't get me wrong, but it's, you can't go 30 different directions. I think you can ruin a kid that way. No, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was tried, tried to be very conscious of that. But as far as the pushing goes, I <laughs> – I think uh, Cutter's just eight years younger than my daughter, six years younger than Jackson, my oldest son. So that time gap there, I don't know, just getting older, I think I 
wasn't as hard on him as I was the other two. I say hard. I'm talking about just comparatively. Uh, I don't feel like I, I kind of let things ride out with him a little more. And, and uh, But doesn't and, that have nothing to do with being an athlete? It has to do with being a parent? For example, I was different with our second child than the first child. The, the example I used that I was told, and I go, no, nah, this won't be me, and it was me. So your first kid falls down, and, and boy, I can remember an incident. It was nothing horrible, just, you know, scrape and scrape knee and stuff like that. And I literally almost dove on the concrete, which is, would have been more problems, to scoop up and see if you're okay. Right. When my second kid did the same thing, and there's a sound you hear as a parent that you just know, oh, this is bad, but it's not really bad, or it's not bad at all, or this like, oh, this is a problem. And there was a sound where you knew that it was okay, but it hurt. I would stand there and say, okay, you can get up. But I wouldn't have done it. I did not do it and wouldn't have done it with the first kid. You just learned. So is that more about being a parent than being an athlete? Or am I way in left field here? Yeah, no, I think that's more of a parent thing. We, we definitely, my wife and I, neither one, were, we weren't the parents to go scoop them up when they got hurt for sure. We just kind of let it, you know, let it, let it ride out and, um, well, you were smarter than I was. We, well, well, I don't know. Some of that's just from both of us being athletes or what. But we used to joke. I think he just said I wasn't an athlete. How could he, <laughs> how could he tell that, Jimmy? He knew right away. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Also very true. <laughs> yeah, we we I always joke about you know a lot of people if dad's being a little hard on them they can run to mom for some sympathy. But you know my wife's a very fierce competitor, so you know if there was something where they weren't giving their best or I'm talking about effort wise, not you know. That skill stuff that uh, they weren't going to go to her for sympathy because she was probably going to be harder on than I was. Running the mom wasn't going to work. No, no. It probably helped them out. Yeah, no, mom, mom especially, Mary, my wife's name is Mary Beth, she's always like, you know, you can always give effort. There's no excuse for not giving effort and giving 100%. I agree. You can win, lose, whatever. Shots don't go in, whatever. Passes don't fall, but... You know, you can always give give effort. She's always been huge on driving that into all my kids. Tallest dentist in the world, Scott Boley, is kind <laughs> enough to join us for a couple minutes. Um. I struggled with this philosophy. So as a kid growing up, I had no talent, but I hustled. I wish I had talent, but I didn't. It is what it is. And I always thought talent was not part of hustling. You're, you're supposed to hustle. If you don't hustle, you're lazy. I don't care how much talent you have. I unfortunately changed my attitude about 10 years ago, and I don't like that I changed my attitude. And I saw some big coaches, and I'm going blank on it, who said that hustling is a talent. And it really bothered me the first few times I heard it, and now maybe I've softened up. I don't like that I kind of feel that way because it should be a given, and it's not. So I'm just curious. Because you said that, I'm just curious how you feel about that. Well, I guess you, if you say it's a talent, I mean, some people are just, for whatever reason, they just seem they're prone to they're going to give it all 24 hours a day. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I, I – Obviously, you can be affected by your parents or other people that you know have an influence in your life. But some people, I think, because I, I see people who get into high school who who could be pretty good in different sports, and it feels like there's just not that fire lit, you know. For and that, and that's not it's parents' fault. It's just the way I think it it's is. just a natural personality yeah. demeanor thing. Just something you're born with. Sometimes I think, yeah. But coaches can pull the fire out. Some can, oh, and some can. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, not yeah. A, not often enough. <laughs> well. I don't know. I think there's some people who are driven no matter what a coach says. Other kids, no matter what you do to them, they're not ever going to get that true fire going. It's just – and everywhere in between. I mean, it's just, you know, coaches can't do the same thing to every kid and get the same 
Us a lot of them. Sure. <laughs> so you're basically telling me that none of your kids that you have to push them, you and your wife have to push them to get that hustle. People always say the first one is a little more likely to be type A, and it's definitely my daughter was the more type A. Like you never had to tell her anything about school or sports or whatever she was going to give it. And there's times with her, especially where we would be like, you're good. You might want to back off a little bit. Wow. Definitely never had to push her to work harder. Okay. In whatever, like not just academic or not just sports, but school or anything. She was just uh, very type A driven from the get go. And since that's your first kid, my only kid I'd ever had to that point, obviously, then that's, that's my experience. Sure. So then when the next two have done just as well and everything, but they're, they weren't that over the top driven or didn't seem like they were on the outside. So it took a while to, back up and say hey that's okay <laughs> because it felt like i was so used to her and the way she was i'm like well why aren't you doing that all the time you sure know? recruiting did it drive you guys nuts was it kind of cool starting out and then it was like oh my gosh let's get this over list i mean what was it like for you as a parent for your wife for cutter were they driving you nuts calling around the clock was it fun at all did it become the point i gotta make a decision because this is gonna drive me crazy no it it's fun. Uh, I think Cutter had the most fun with it of all my kids. Erin never really enjoyed that part of it. She's very, uh, she's very, um, she doesn't like people showing attention, you know, uh, all that stuff. Uh, she's not, uh, my daughter's the opposite of, hey, look at me. <laughs> she's not, uh, you know, looking for all that. So uh, Cutter, Cutter enjoyed it more for sure. He just, he just enjoys talking to people. And, um, uh, you know, we made a ton of visits and, now, he enjoys all that. I don't think he ever got exhausted, exhausted with it, but it did go a little crazy towards the end. I mean, well, as he was about to commit that spring, this last March and April, it, was, it really, really got crazy. And I think if he, if he had stayed at 2025, it was about to get really crazy because I, it ramped up exponentially this spring. It can, really did. Can you get specific about crazy? Uh, or if you don't want to, that's okay. <laughs> no, too. that's okay. Just like I, I never go to any practices, but in spring practice, it's more chill. And I would go sometimes on Wednesdays when I was off this last April. You're talking about the UK or, or no? To I'm LCA? talking about to LCA. Okay, LCA, and you know there would be Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Texas, like everybody all at the same time there. So just for me looking at that, it's like wow, that's that's crazy. <laughs> you know how many people are here sure. you know, to watch him throw. Uh, and then the phone calls, when it first started a few years ago, he couldn't wait to call me and tell me, hey, you know, Lane Kiffin called or whoever, and he was, you know, excited about it. Towards the end, he would, he still told, he told me a few things the other day that I'd never heard before because it became so much. It wasn't that he didn't want to tell me. It's just so many things, so many times a day, he can't, he can't even remember to tell me everything. I could see that. And, and uh, you know, and it's still, a lot of schools have respected it, but there's, he's, we're still... We're still hearing from a lot of people. <laughs> I would have been shocked if you told me you weren't hearing from anybody. No, yeah, it's it's really uh, for some reason. I guess just because the season started this last three or four weeks, they're uh, even hitting me up, which is really a little different. Because usually, usually it's him directly. But, yeah, and, uh, and you know, Cutter's having a bad year. He's only averaging three hundred and three yards <laughs> passing per game. I mean, you know, the numbers are crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, he's doing well, and they uh, they have. Uh, that really huge threat to run the ball this year too. So hopefully, you're seeing it play out some already as the year goes on too. That it's pick your poison with LCA. You're gonna stop the run or you're gonna stop the pass because it's gonna be you know ho hopefully hard to stop both. One of the things I don't know if you heard Tim when he was in the studio said about he says yeah obviously I see every game because his son's on the team, and uh, Freddie Maggard said something nice about his son which which I liked and it really meant a lot to Tim because it came from Freddie and Freddie knows his football. But one of the things he said about your son which is interesting about how. 
he can really throw the deep ball now, which is something that, you know, having the arm strength is one thing, but throwing the deep balls, you know, is something else. Yeah. And and anything Tim says, I'm going to be a sponge. It's Tim. You know, and, and that, to me, said a lot that he already has that in his quote-unquote repertoire. Yeah, hopefully, you know, he uh, he's learned to, uh, I feel like, make every kind of throw. doesn't mean he's going to make it every time, but I think he – he hopefully has shown in last year on film, and, I, and this is more feedback I'm getting from OCs and head coaches at schools across the country to yeah. where, I mean, I guess I, I'm used to watching him, so I don't think as much about it, but they would tell me, hey, he can make, you know, we're looking for these 17-yard outs and these different type of throws. Everything's not that, you know, the deep ball is not as often, obviously. Right. So it's, that's not as important as some of these other shorter throws that uh, they would comment on that uh, a lot of times those coaches, their favorite plays from games last year would be plays that I didn't even think twice about. You know, they say, hey, because we run this all the time, or the speed with which the ball got there, different things like that that I didn't necessarily think about. Because the deep ball obviously catches everybody's attention. Absolutely. Is there a coach or a character, somebody that you met that just kind of sticks out that you didn't know about their personality or did? And, you know, he's coming here and he's happy he's coming here, but there are oftentimes other schools that you like oh, and yeah. you say no to and that kind of thing. There's not, nothing disparaging. But there was just some personality you met. Had you laughing? Had you thinking? Had you something? Probably Coach Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, he's just a he's just a unique guy. And actually, funny thing on that, his dad was the football coach at Western Kentucky when mm-hmm. I was there. So the very first time we met Coach Harbaugh, uh, we walked up to him. It was actually not at University of Michigan. It was an event summer before last where Cutter got a bunch of offers, like a, a you know a little event where a lot of coaches were there. And we walked up, or he walked up to us, and he immediately pulled his phone out and called his dad. And I thought, what's he doing? I thought his dad's not going to remember me. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't a big enough name at Western for him to know who I was. And he said, hey, Dad, uh, do you remember Scott Bowley? And I heard his dad go, yeah, I played basketball at Western when I was there. Great guy, whatever. And that's, that's pretty literally cool. the first conversation we had. So his dad remembered me. And uh, 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 Tom Crean's first job was at Western as yeah. an assistant when I was playing. At the time, I didn't realize it. He was probably two years older than I was. You know, But he uh, is married to Coach Harbaugh's daughter. He right. was doing grad work there at the time. So kind of a lot of connections there between us. But he he's just uh, – he just he tells stories not like other coaches. It's not all about football. He talks about mowing his grass and just just odd, just off the wall things. I don't mean that negatively. It's just a you have unique conversations with him compared to other coaches. I would put him in a category, and I was friends with Mike Leach. I'm not friends with Harbaugh, and he's kind of in that category about being a very different, uh-huh. unique character. Yes, and, and I think. I think it's sad there aren't more characters like that in coaching today. I think in the good old days there were more characters. I think some of these coaches are afraid to be a character because of the media and whatever. Right. I, the character part of sports, in baseball, for example, like there's no Leo DeRocher today. I mean, it, it, it's kind of sad. I think it part them, they've made these guys so tight they're afraid to show themselves yeah. and get out of their own skin a little bit. And I've been around enough. I don't, I don't think there's any act to it at all. It's just that he is what he is. You can like it or not like it, but that, that really is him. That's what I've been told. Yeah, it's not. It's, there's, no, there's no fake to it at all. I, I didn't know his dad, but I met his dad. When we were in Pittsburgh, his dad had been fired, going blank as to where it was, and they liked him so much they brought him on as uh, uh, an assistant what, – what, I forgot what they used to call it in the old days. You know, now Alabama, they scoops up with all these guys that get fired. Now it's all offensive analysts, defensive yeah, analysts. Yeah, it wasn't. They called them something else. And yeah. I had one conversation with them, and I remember some of the coaches said, this is one of the smarter football coaches in the country, you know, and we're lucky to have him for a year or so. And when he went to Western, he did a great job at yeah. Western. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, seemed like a really nice guy, too. Yeah. Uh, any other personalities stick out? Uh, 
well, off their big win the other night, Mike Norvell at uh, Florida State's just uh, like every time he talks, you walk away and feel like, all right, I'm ready to go hit somebody. Really? <laughs> he's, just a, he's got he's that just charisma? A, oh, yeah. He just seems like he's amped up all the time. Just a big, uh, big motivator kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if relieved is the right word. Look, if your son goes to play football in Oregon, you're a happy guy outside the fact that you're going to have to spend a lot more money on plane tickets again. <laughs> and, but is there a relief that he's here versus somewhere else without being disparaging? You see where I'm coming well, for, from? Well, for us, especially with our kids being far off, it's just awesome for us to be here. And, you know, our, you know, the fact that our parents and all our family, I mean, we had like, I want to say 60-some people from Hodgenville at our LCA game against Pikeville last week. Did I, you really? No, that's not a huge number, no, but that's, still. No, 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 no. I'm know. sorry. I disagree. I think <laughs> I think that's really cool. Pretty much our whole neighborhood where we, where okay. we lived back in Hodgenville was was there. So it's cool to see that. But I'm just saying people like that and the family. My, my wife's from a, a much bigger family than I am. So the fact that they can come, or they're coming to games here now, so the fact that they can come to Kentucky games, and a lot, and a lot of them already had UK season tickets, actually. Okay. People in my family, like my, you know, my brothers, and uh, so uh, it's just nice to. Uh, we, we never, I never tried to say any of that stuff in front of him about how nice it would be to be close, because you know Tennessee. I think everybody knows Tennessee was the leader for a pretty good while for Cutter, and I considered that close compared to Wyoming and Oregon, certainly. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, it's just nice, and we. I never tried to push that on him because he had to do what's best for him. It's not my life, you know. It's not. It's his. So if it's inconvenient for me, that doesn't matter if it's what's best for him. But he really made this decision completely on his own. I mean, he. We, we talked about things, don't get me wrong, but he, uh, I think he always wanted it to work here. And I, I didn't know this as much, you know, a year ago as I do now, but I think he privately always wanted to work. It just didn't with, uh, you know, uh, with the, the prior OC. It, and it's just, it is stuff, what it is. Stuff happens. Know? It was nice. It's just, it, it just, uh, both scheme wise, offensive wise, personality wise, maybe the whole thing. It, it's, you know, with Coach Cohen coming back, it, it's weird, but it, it feels like they've known each Cutter and Coach Cohen have known each other for 40 years. It's like that. It's just some kind of natural connection that they've had from the get-go. I'm talking about from the first time two summers ago when Cutter came up and threw for him at a UK camp. I guess that would have been a year ago, June. It feels like five years ago, but um, <laughs> it does. It feels like forever ago. Well, so much you know stuff. what? But slow down. Let enjoy every second, every game. Because before you know it, he's going to be in the NFL or yeah. something. You're getting on a plane or something. <laughs> enjoy these moments. At, you know. Yeah. You know, slow down. I don't know how to ask this except just a no filter ask it. I don't care where he went. Not for me to say. I did. I don't know you, but I. It was easy to guess that you were not going to tell your son, and your wife were not going to tell your son where to go. I just, I just knew that there were some yeah, parents who do all. that, as you know. So I, that, that I've been shocked if you told me that. Let's take your son out of this on purpose, okay? If a kid from Kentucky who's a star, I don't care. I can give you Chris Lofton, for example. Well, Tubby didn't want him. That's a different story. But <laughs> yeah. if, if, if a kid from Kentucky who's wanted by Kentucky goes to Tennessee, the cruelty of fans would have, I think, made – some of them would have made your life uncomfortable, but you still have to do what you want to do. If he thought it was best for him to go to Tennessee, you know, I don't know your son. I'd had to move back to Hodgenville probably. <laughs> <laughs> that probably wouldn't have been good there either. In other, in other words, whatever whatever's good for your family I think is beautiful. Yeah. I can't stand when somebody says you should go here. But with the meanness of society, with the oh, meanness yeah. of, uh, of of Social Twitter, media has social changed media, everything with it's that. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I, that's just like – and it didn't surprise me because obviously if he had gone to Tennessee – the most negativity would have been from Kentucky fans. 
the fact that he went to Kentucky, by far the most negativity was Tennessee fans. I mean, that's just that's I, 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 I knew it was going to be that way, and it's not. That's just reality. Does that you not know, bother you at all? The Tennessee oh, I don't fans. Look, I don't. I, once he the the day he committed May eighteenth, right, is the last. Now I look to make sure he's not getting messages like from media or something to respond to. But as far as what people are saying, I don't look at it at all. And I've told him, and I think he knows that you can. You know, I've I've told him a million times that the most hate sites on social media or the most negative comments are going to be about. Tom Brady and LeBron James, and they're both two of the best of their sport of all time. That's yep. just the better you do, the more negativity there's going to be, right or wrong. So you just have to, you just have to really not look at it. On especially at his age, he, you know, he just turned eighteen last Friday, so uh, you know you just can't, you just can't look at that stuff because it's, you know, uh, just like we talking about Tim Couch, he's not going to get on social media and say something negative about somebody. So most of the people that are doing that were probably not quite to the level of Tim Couch. You know what I mean? Probably not. It's probably going to be people that get really bad, or people that just don't know or didn't play, or you know, uh, it's just it's just way of the world. Now you just have to deal with it. But being able to handle it is powerful, and that says a lot about your son and you guys. That's powerful because it can drive you nuts. Yeah. No, if you you look at it, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. You know, if I was reading all those every day, it'd probably stick in my head. You can't. It's just human nature, especially sure. with your kid. I think. Right. I think with yourself, it's back to being nervous again. Yourself, you can handle it better than somebody's talking about your kid. It's hard. It's different. It's hard. It's yeah. just different. It's well, hard. and you you brought up the two great examples. I have never understood why Brady and LeBron get the crap that they get. Now, I've just I've never understood it. I, I mean, I'm not a New England fan. I love watching Tom Brady play. I love what he did. I love that he had the fire in his belly because he was a sixth round draft pick. I love that he he had this thing about him to overcome. I love the fact that LeBron came from nothing. And so what? He's told this story a million times. He's built a school from his own money. LeBron yeah. has given scholarships to kids that are unbelievable. I, I, I think it, what these guys are doing, I think it's spectacular. The hate that those – I'm really glad you brought that up. The hate that those two guys – are you freaking kidding I'm, me? I'm still connected to some people on the AAU circuits, and um, they've told me, like, what a genuinely good kid off the floor that Bronny is. That's what I've heard. So reason I bring that up is that's a reflection of mom and dad. Amen. Because how easy would it be it be for him to be a prima donna or taking fifty shots a game and he's not. He's trying to distribute and he's not that way at all. And that has to be from mom and dad. Absolutely. You know, so. Yeah, and if he was a prima donna, would you be surprised? No, that's what I mean. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me at all. I mean it's LeBron's son. Yeah. He could walk in like he owns the place everywhere yes. he goes and he doesn't. So I've 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 have more respect for LeBron after I've kind of learned me that too. Just because that's that's pretty. That's pretty good. I know somebody's covered him and talked to him and said, "You know what? If you didn't know who he was, you would just know that he was a studly high school basketball player." Okay, I got no problem with that. Right. He doesn't flaunt it or whatever. Um, no, that is a great comment about mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's not easy. No. Are you enjoying every second? <laughs> Try to, like, except for except for during the uh, nervousness of the. Actually, the nervousness of the games is more the two hours leading up to the game. It's like with you know. We started with four ranked number one teams. The schedule, LCA's plans are ridiculous. It was a crazy schedule. Uh, all four teams, including this Friday, Christian Academy of Louisville, they're all four ranked number one. The fact that we've come out two and one out of this so far is 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 awesome and played bull down to the wire. Actually had a had a uh, uh, a spot on a fourth down there with about three minutes to go where we were on the 20-yard line. So they might have still scored, but I think felt like we were about to score. So that, that game was really close. And Bull County obviously is is you know tremendous team. Can I share with you what helped me about nervous – being nervous? What? Okay. So I'm watching as a kid. Remember George Burns, a comedian? Yeah. In his 90s, he was still a comedian. And he and Carson were, were honestly close. They used to drink together at the Friars Club and whatever. You know, sometimes they say these guys are close and they're not. It's just BS. Right. But they were close. And so he was, I don't know, 
couple of years before he he stopped going out, but he was in his 90s still going out. And Carson said, do you get nervous before performing? He goes, absolutely. He said, the day I don't get nervous, the day I'm going to quit. That helped me when I did the Bengals. Helped me a lot, actually. The second thing is, you know what nervous is? Energy. Yeah. So once you recognize that it's energy, and this is what worked for me. Doesn't mean it worked for you, doesn't mean it worked for anybody, but a couple people have told me that when I've shared this, it helped them. It's energy. And so you can say to yourself, you can enjoy the energy because it's there. Your stomach is going to be your stomach two hours before the game. Or you can get uptight about it. And you can actually control it. Because someday, you're going to be as old as me, Lord willing for you because I'm really old, and you won't have that quote-unquote nervous energy because you might not have anything to be nervous energy about. So what I did was, like before the Bengals, Yid would go, Cut band, stand by. And so the first time I did it, I mean, I was like, <laughs> Jimmy, you look at me, I'm, I'm like, I've been broadcasting, you know, for decades and decades. But the first time he did that, I was like, I was literally, I got through the open. I have no idea how. But I quickly then said to myself and drive home, you idiot, talking to myself, what did you learn and what lesson did you not play on yourself? And from that moment on, from the second game on, when he said it, I always got a rush. And then I would usually smile. And appreciate the fact that I had energy, but right. not nervous energy for what little that might be worth. Work for me. Right. Well, I was talking about being nervous earlier, you know, having him as a quarterback. And obviously, if, if things had not gone so well for him, he didn't have all the offers or whatever, he would still be nervous, but probably as a parent, not as nervous because it feels like obviously the better he's done, the more attention he's gotten, the more eyes that are on him. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it – it, I guess makes me a little more nervous, and that's just part of it. But I wouldn't trade that for him not doing as well. Obviously, Absolutely. you know, what not I mean? for millionaires. There's a reason. There's a reason eyes are on him, and and it's because of how hard he's worked and the things he's accomplished. So that's all. That's all positive things. Most nervous I ever was, ever was, in any athletic event. Watching my son try to win a national championship, which we did in karate when he was like nine years old. Oh yeah, I, I bet, I bet, and, and I'm going. What is wrong with me? We we were I, mean, I was shaking. We were at the Moda Center in Portland when my daughter Aaron's Oregon team beat Mississippi State to go to the Final Four. Her first year at Oregon, and there were seventeen lead changes in the second half. Oh my gosh! About a minute and a half to go, Aaron was shooting free throws, and I realized after the second free throw she made that I'd been holding my breath. I think from the time she got fouled from the, <laughs> till the time she hit the second free throw. And we got, we finally left that place. That's obviously awesome celebration. We leave that place. I go outside to call an Uber. And while I'm waiting for the Uber, I realize my teeth and jaw hurt so bad. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, mean, I didn't realize I was, but clenching my teeth, I guess. I believe and, it. I'm oh, not laughing teeth, at you. I'm laughing I could with barely you. eat that night. My teeth hurt so bad. And I never do that. I, my jaw never hurts. And uh, it was I just, I, that always stuck with me that how nervous I must have been. Pain be that was worthwhile. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're, you're, when I say little girl, I say it with kindness. My little girl is older than your little girl. So I, I, please, and no disrespect when I say that. And uh, yeah, yeah, when, it, when it's your, yeah, that's, that's some, worthwhile though. That was pain that was worthwhile. And I could see yeah. in the moment not realizing it. Why? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea I was doing it. Yeah. Just, I'm sure my, just squeezing as hard as I could. <laughs> just nervous wreck. Uh, I got two words for you. Uh, the most powerful words in the English language are thank you. Uh, thank you for coming in. Is there something I didn't ask you that you want to share about anything? No, I thought this a while ago you asked something else that reminded me. My parents met in a pharmacy school at UK, so I grew up coming not to basketball games, but we always had season tickets to football. Oh, interesting. So 
for me, I just I can remember as a kid when you first time you walk in the stadium and you walk through the tunnel and you can see the field and the sun shining. That just always was one of the coolest things to me as a kid. Uh, so to have a kid that's now going to run out on that field that I grew up coming to every game to as a kid is you're giving is me a pretty, chill. Yeah, that, I mean that's, it, that's pretty cool. I told I told my wife I was like first game he plays we're going to get in that stadium early because I literally want to watch him come out on that field. Absolutely, I've watched so many thousands of people do it over the years. So why yeah. not do it? Yeah, absolutely. That, my thing was 1959 walking into Yankee Stadium for the first time in the old Yankee Stadium in the corridors. I now the way, the way I look now you could barely it was. This is, you know, this is the house that Babe Ruth built. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and I don't know if people were little or they were cheap or whatever, but those corridors were really tight. So it was like almost going through a tunnel. Yeah. And, and two adults really couldn't go one way or the other. You had to stand on the side. It was that tight back then. And the first time I took a step out and saw the field, I was hooked. Yeah. So you should that do that moment. with your son. That, that Absolutely. moment. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's I just – I know, obviously, historically, Kentucky's had more success in basketball, but – I've always I cheer for my basketball to the end, but uh, I've always if you let me pick, I'm gonna pick having a better football season or a better basketball. I've always been that way, just because we came to games. It's just always been part of your Kentucky DNA. Kentucky football has just been something we always did, so just always enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty special. See, my take on football is a little different from most people. When people say this is a basketball school, yeah, in a way it is. Okay, I'm not getting into the Cal Stoops thing, but that's not where I'm coming from. I wouldn't do that to you. And that, you know. But I, I've, I've said this since the 1980s, way before Stoops and Cal. I cover some really bad football teams here. And by the way, there's a lot of guys I'm really good friends with, and there have been a lot of really good players and a lot of guys I care a lot about that are good dudes. But the truth is there have been a lot of bad football teams here. It is what it is. For as many people to show up on a Saturday in November mm-hmm. or December – when you knew the team, unless it was some miracle, didn't have a chance to win, I actually respected that. I said this on TV many times. I actually respected that tremendously, not trying to be a homer, but the fact you're free. I'm in the press box. It's a lot warmer up there. It's my job. I love my job, but that's not the point. And all these fans, it didn't matter. It wasn't capacity. It, it, raining and, 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 and after Thanksgiving and people take, showing up to watch a bad football team. The historically great basketball schools or who's supposed to be the basketball schools Indiana, Kansas, UCLA, Duke. I know Duke had a – it still wasn't full, but they had a better crowd, obviously, for Clemson the other night. But those schools, even when they're doing better, they don't show up like Kentucky fans – or, or when they're bad, they don't show up like Kentucky fans showed up when they were bad. They just Those schools just don't seem to care as much about football. I say the schools, you know, the fans in general. Yeah, I know what you're Those saying. other historic basketball schools don't care about their football like Kentucky fans do. And they, they've showed – you see that in the attendance. It's pretty simple. This team gets to Atlanta – and the scalping of tickets around here will be astronomical. Or the bowl, the bowl attendance. I mean, every bowl wants them. I mean, you know, we, we Kentucky fans travel yeah, like crazy. They make so, the money. Absolutely. Well, enjoy every moment. Thank you. Enjoy Appreciate every it. single moment. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, nice. I hope Thanks we, for having me. I hope we do this again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Scott Bowley. Um, daughter Erin, she's famous. <laughs> do you know her? Uh, Jackson, going to be a doctor. Cutter, going to be the starting quarterback for Kentucky's. Down the road. Can't wait. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Alan Cutler, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by the Don Franklin Family of Dealerships. Down, set, corn dogs coming in for the boat. 
Rick, what are you doing? I'm practicing my snack plays for the next football game. Well, in that case, Uncle Rick, stop by any Clark's Pump and Shop and pick up Jack Link's 3.25-ounce jerky, two for $10, or Hostess Single Serve Snack Cakes, two for $3.50. Don't get sidelined without your supplies this football season. Clark's Pump and Shop. Return, refresh, refuel. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. When you're a Republic Bank customer, your financial life is always close at hand. The Republic Bank mobile app makes it easy to deposit checks, pay bills, and send money to friends and family from almost anywhere. Plus, you can view your transaction history, transfer funds, and even find the nearest banking center or ATM all from your mobile device. Republic Bank. It's just easier here. Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. W223CV Lexington. ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. WLXG Lexington, an LM Communications Broadcasting Station. The only no-filter sports show in Kentucky. It's the Alan Cutler Show with award-winning TV sportscaster Alan Cutler. High, short, won't make the end zone. Brown moves toward the right hash mark and fields it. Across the 15, across the 20, Uh-oh. 30, cuts right. Goodbye. Look out, goodbye. Across the 40, the 30, 20, the 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky, Marion Brown. Wow. six. I mean, Tom, he didn't do much. He, he started out right in the middle of the field, and all he did was angle to the right. That is just sensational blocking by the other 10 players. Wow. Uh, blocking is better with a new... Special teams coach, you think? I think. Good afternoon again. I'm Alan Cutler, but that was really cool with uh, Scott Bowley. You know when they say, Jimmy, that someone's 6'9", often they're not 6'9"? Most times, yeah. Yeah. Scott Bowley, 6'9". Every bit of 6'9". Yeah. <laughs> he was taller than I thought. Yeah. Uh, courtesy in that highlight to JMI, we'll also throw in iHeart and WLAP, make sure we get everybody in there so nobody gets ticked off. And the reason for playing that, we started an hour ago, was because of two things. One... Uh, Tristan Ferris, who's been on the show a number of times, put that on Twitter. Let me give him a little love. That that was tied for the fastest 
mile-per-hour run, slightly under 22 miles an hour. And then I opened the show by saying, I'll say it again, I got the number. Am I being unfair by saying seven, Jimmy? Is is that? I don't think seven's a lot. You think seven's a lot? That he for should whole, get seven touches? Yeah. No, not a whole game. Now, you did say, or I th- uh, did you say he should get seven touches before uh, Ray Davis gets 12 carries? Yeah. I think that's too much. Yeah, I know. I was being obnoxious. But, yes, uh, seven carries should be for your best explosive skill player on your offense. Not your best player or your best receiver, but just the explosive guy. Absolutely. Seven carries is... Can can I retract that and say it in a better way? Mm-hmm. I'm in the communication business, right? <laughs> I stunk with that. Okay, you're right. It's important that Ray Davis get 12 carries. You're right. Yeah. I shouldn't have said it that way. Here's what I should have said. It's very important that Ray Davis get 12 touches. To me, it's more important, more important that Brown get seven touches. Yeah. I didn't put it that way. You called me out, and you are absolutely correct. But I think he absolutely, that's, and especially with the way Liam Cohen does his offense, just going back to when he was with the Rams, they would even do plays with Cooper Cup or Robert Woods when he was there. Give him a jet sweep, not even from shotgun, just like the old-fashioned jet sweep. Put the receiver in motion, boom, give it to him. I'm going to bet the obvious. You're thinking it. I bet lots of fans are thinking it. I think you're going to see all that later in the season. I think so, yeah. You know what we should do? You want to keep track of this? Yeah. Number of touches every game. I think we can do that. Would you do that for me? Yeah. Thank you. And I did hear Stoop say uh, when he talked on Monday, I believe he said that they were doubling Barry and Brown. But again, that's where you find creative ways and manufacture those touches. Don't don't send them on your, your typical whatever route pattern you want to put them on or combination routes you want to do. Just give him the ball in space. Do a little tunnel screen. Do a, a jet pass, you know, as a, the touch pass as they call it now. Okay, there's two things here. One, that comment drives me crazy, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to go to the Bengals. Early on in the Bengals, and they had Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmerzada, and they started getting better and stuff like that. And you would hear comment from a coach, well, they were double-teaming him, so we couldn't throw him the ball. Excuse me? You're paying this dude a ton of money to catch the ball. The DBs are DBs because they're not wide receivers, right? (laughs) If they were great wide receivers, they probably would be a great wide receiver. Some exceptions, but you're with me in that. Throw the damn ball up and let him go get it. If you're Chad Johnson, throw the damn ball up, let him go get it. How many times have you seen a great receiver catch the ball when he's double-teamed? A.J. Green. Yeah. Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. Let's see four guys. And <laughs> let him. Now, if you triple team, there's something different. Yeah. You're paying that guy that much money because he's got that much ball skills. Yeah. To usually. Now, there are some receivers that you can't do. Like Tyreek Hill, for example, I would not do that. He's not built for that. That's not the type of receiver he is. You may pay him that much money, but Tyreek Hill's 5'11 five, five on a good day. You're not throwing him the ball more than likely if he's double covered. Except for one thing, here's where I'll disagree. You throw it deep and well, you, sure. hang on, you yeah. throw it to space. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about like, you know, turn, stop, throw it, double teamed. Yeah. With Tyree Kill, you're double teamed. The quarterback can see where the DBs are and you can throw it to space. Yeah. And then he's got a fifth gear that the DB doesn't have. So I will strongly, respectfully disagree. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of those Jump ball situations. I don't care who's That's around and throw it to That's him. different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, with Barry on Brown, you can absolutely get him seven touches very easily in a game plan. Uh, really enjoyed having Scott Bowley in the house. Uh, that was really cool. Coming up in a couple minutes, Greg Stottlemyre. Actually, it's time for Greg Stottlemyre. Uh, 
So let's do this. Uh, Jimmy will call Greg Stottlemyre. I didn't realize it was 116. Amazing. This is the first time I've had trouble knowing what time it is, Jimmy. You know, it's a good thing you don't keep count of that. We started the show October 31st. Is he over and under 150? Easy. 200? Maybe. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, Greg Stottlemyre, I'm sure, is excited about Saturday. And Greg Stottlemyre has done a lovely, lovely job at EKU for a long time. And we're going to go to Greg Stottlemyre right now. Stottlemyre, Cutler here. How are you, dude? Looking like David Letterman with that beard and everything? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I don't, it's only been a, two, three weeks. Uh, I got you. I, I, you know, I just don't like to shave. I mean, I, I, you know you know how it is. I would have loved to have had a beard on TV, but they weren't going to let me do that. So it's okay. Uh, no, I, 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 you know what? I can't do David Letterman. I don't know how he does it. I, I, you know, I've had, you know, beards that were a few inches, maybe a little more than that, not really long when I re- since I retired. And then it would start itching. So, like, people would say, put stuff on. I'm going, no, I'm just going to shave it. I don't want to itch. You know, I'm the same way with that. I, I, the itch is what gets me. And plus, I can't grow anything in, in certain spots, so I'd be pretty patchy. Um, you know, I'm lucky that way, but the problem is when if, when it first thought, like I go on vacation when I'm still doing TV and then it's like, Oh, uh, uh, this is turning gray. Oh, Oh, a couple of years later, this crap is white. And now it's to the point, if it's not white, it's like, how is it not white? So I guess I'm used to it and stuff like that. No, I don't know anybody. There's, there's uh, two people at Costco where I get my glasses and one of these guys, um, I guess quick plug for Costco wasn't trying to do it, but, uh, has a beard that he puts in a, um, kind of like he uses a rubber band and it like goes yeah. down almost to his navel and i've had some funny conversation good dude i've had some funny conversation with him i said how the hell do you eat soup he says carefully i mean i i, <laughs> I would i would get soup all, all i like soup too i would get i don't know how you eat soup how do you eat i look at the oak ridge boys how do they do that i don't know that's i'm, I'm glad i don't have that problem okay okay i asked you last time and i forgot how many years have you done eku football this will be my 45th. There were four years where I was only doing uh, television replay back in the mid-'80s. But uh, my first year was uh, 1979, a year out of college. and That was a good run at the start. EKU went to four national championship games in a row, won two of them, should have won a third. Boise State beat them at the buzzer out in Sacramento. So, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long run. But, you know, in our business, there's a lot of long hours, a lot of work, but – it's almost like you're working at a hobby. Yep. Yep, that's what this is for me. That's the exact way to put it. Yeah, you know, I was at KBCI in Idaho, Boise, Idaho, and they wouldn't let they they were so cheap, they wouldn't let me go to Sacramento to cover the game. Oh, so you were working there. Well, so I think the guy's name was Joe Alley Odie. Yeah. He was the quarterback. He was the quarterback. As a matter of fact, his brother was a longtime defensive coordinator at Oregon. Yeah, and it killed us because Chris Isaac, great quarterback. Yes, he was. EKU went ahead, and I remember Buddy Moore, the nose guard, who played for the Eagles for a while, had almost a hand on Aliotti. And somehow, somebody, he, there was a scramble play, last yep. minute of the game. Yep. And somehow, he got loose, and one of the backs broke containment in the end zone, and he hit for the touchdown. That was probably... And I didn't go to the locker room. Back then, I did go to the locker room for postgame. That was the most devastated locker room I've ever been in. And uh, so anyway, and that's the thing. When when you talk to Roy Kidd and you reminisce, and I say, great career. And all great coaches do this. 
they talk about the ones that got away more than they do about the you know and that is amazing by the way i i kind of watched that play more than you because we showed it on tv many times the guy who caught it was a tight end named dupree okay and aliotti i didn't know it was more so your memory is really good aliotti i can visualize scrambled all the way to the right and 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 spun around then went then went to the left, and then went right again. It was one of the longest scrambles I'd ever seen beyond the line of scrimmage and threw what looked like a rainbow punt because he had a terrible arm. He had no arm strength. If he had an arm, he would have played in the NFL. But he had one of the weaker arms I've ever seen of a quarterback. And, and the tight end was standing in the corner of the end zone, and I don't know if somebody from EKU was sprinting as hard as it could to get close to it when they could and I remember talking to Dupree, you guys, what were you thinking about? He goes, I was just thinking, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball. That, that was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And I'm sorry to say it because it was against EKU, um, but it was one of the greatest clutch plays I've ever seen since I've been watching football as a child. EKU got him back, though. They went out in 1982, two Boise, started snowing in the third quarter at EKU beat Boise State to get to the national championship game and beat Delaware in the title game. So so they got their revenge, but, yeah, they should have had that one in 1980 or 81. It, yeah, it, it was a tough one. And I, I told Roy one time, I take credit for the 1982, and I remember he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, because I did TV in Boise State in 79, and I was doing TV in Lexington in 82, and he laughed. <laughs> he said, you're not getting a ring, Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we get into the game, um, Roy Kidd is not doing well. I think he's one of the greatest coaches in the history of football, and I don't give a hoot it was one double A. I don't give a hoot if it was Notre Dame. I don't give a hoot it was high school football. I think he was one of the greatest coaches, period. The level doesn't mean anything to me, and I think that's not spoken about enough. You want to amplify that a little bit? Yeah, sure can. Roy's 91 now and you know struggling with his health as 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 he ages and our thoughts to him and and the entire sue and the entire kid family um the thing that roy did so he could he wanted to play both sports so he passes on uk comes to eku you know he intercepted johnny unitas two times in a game against U of L. so he was a tremendous coach he got the madison high job and won there went to moorhead state for one year came back and he turned that program quickly. And I think the thing that Roy Kidd had outside of motivation and knowing how to motivate players is he could spot and say, oh, Alan Cutler, he, he can't be a wide receiver. I've got to move him to uh, defensive back, or I've got to put some pounds on him and put him at linebacker. He was great at seeing talent, seeing talent on film and, and recruiting talent. And, of course, back in the days of the – late 70s, 80s, into the 90s, they had a great recruiting pipeline in Florida. Now, that's changed because the landscape of, of college has changed, too. You think back in the 80s, there was no Central Florida, South Florida, Florida International, Florida Atlantic. There wasn't Georgia State, Georgia Southern, South Alabama. I could go on and on. So EKU had that really good connection. But it was spotting talent and then understanding how to be tough on kids and motivate them, but yet also have that fatherly or, or, or family feeling too. So, um, yeah, he was a tremendous competitor and just, he's a tremendous man. And, uh, you know, he, he is, he's in the college football hall of fame, but again, when you're not 
at the very top level, you don't get as much publicity as you probably deserve for, for the accolades that you've created in your career. He would have won, whether it was at Southern Cal, Notre Dame, or Eastern Kentucky. He would have been a winner. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. That's really well said, Greg. Really well said. Except I'm going to disagree strongly with one thing you said. Can I do that? Sure. He, he would have looked at me and said, Alan Cutler, you can't play. <laughs> <laughs> other than that it was really good you know he told me something one time it was the old Cutler do you know what I look at when I'm looking at a player right away and I froze I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I froze I'm going I'm thinking in my head because you know he always found guys that were 5'10 that could run but were thick and strong it's amazing how many 5'10 linebackers that would knock your you know what off but were really really fast and he said no matter what the position was I always looked at their feet even if it was a lineman he said, because we're Eastern Kentucky. He said, if there's a kid on the line and he was too skinny, I didn't care. If he can move, we'll put weight on him. I, I said, Coach, feet, I always looked at the feet first. I never forgot that. It was, That's interesting. It, yeah. it, it was like he, he taught me something. I said, what about with Wally Chambers? I'm thinking, okay, you know, because Wally Chambers is one of the greatest EKU players, one of the great football players, period. <clears throat> what a career he had in the NFL, first-round draft choice. I said, what about Bolly Cha- Chambers? And he, he smiled. He said, his feet. <laughs> and we just started <laughs> laughing because, you know, you remember Chambers better than I do. I mean, because he was thin and he could run. I mean, right. he, he could run. So, uh, by the way, if maybe I didn't know this, and I don't think I did, you're telling me that Roy turned down Kentucky because he wanted to play two sports? Yeah, and coming out of high school in Corbin is, is what I what I had always heard or had been told. Yes, he was a great baseball player too. That I knew, that I did yeah. know, but I I didn't know that UK wouldn't let him play both sports. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't think I knew that. That's after all these years. Hey, I'm not too old to say I didn't know it and I learned something. Um, you know, it, it's kind of said there was a point he should have been the UK coach. You have any thoughts on that before we get into the game? Or you want to leave that alone? I'll just leave that one alone. I I don't know what went on. He was interviewed. I know he was interviewed there. He was interviewed at Army. Um, I in this day and in, in time where people skip all over the place, whether it's a player or a coach, uh, you know it's it's refreshing to see somebody coach at one place and build a legacy in one place. Uh, Amen to that. You quarterback has so. Uh, but but I don't know the inner workings of that, and to be honest with you, I never really asked him about that. Okay, um, we'll leave it alone. Um, okay, let's get to, to the game on Saturday. Um, I know you're anal about preparing. It goes with the gig and stuff like that. Is it different because it's Kentucky, or you're going to tell me the obvious, I'm going to do what I do and that kind of stuff, but I'm coming to Commonwealth, Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, whatever. It is a little different. What's your mindset it, it, when you're going to walk into the booth and that kind of Where's your head out, Greg Stottlemyre? Long-time wonderful voice of Eastern Kentucky. I prepare for the, for every game the same. Uh, whether I'm going to a, a small venue or a large venue, obviously working in a venue like uh, Kroger Field is, you know, you're not going to find a better facility to work in. But I prepare, and I tell our crew, I, I say it, I say, we will approach our part of our job, our play-by-play, our analysts, our field work, our engineering, our pregame, our postgame, we'll, we'll approach it with the tools we have at the highest level we can. We, let's, let's approach it like Tom would at an SEC program, for example. In other words, 
that that's the achievement that we want. So no, I don't prepare anymore. Now, you know, University of Kentucky's bios on each player this week, they're the best I've ever seen. There is so much information and I love the information, the off the statistic chart things. I love that a kid plays a saxophone or, or you know, he's been in he was in Oklahoma in the high school play. I like that kind of thing. I think it brings something different. So there's less room on my chart. I mean, my chart's got too much on it. But but no, I, I don't. I, I prepare the same for every game within the amount of information I have. Now, if I get a school, if let's say EKU plays a non-D1 in basketball, I may have to go do more searching on my own to find information and go, you know, my best friend is you know, Georgie Google, you know, sometimes. But uh, I hope I've answered your question. It, it, it's no different. Uh, you may have an effects feed from the television mics, you know, makes it better, that kind of thing. But uh, I see no difference in any game that I broadcast as far as how I prepare. Yeah, and, and it, that's a credit to, by the way, the sports information people at UK – and their notes that they put out there are amazingly thorough. Uh, tell us about the first game. I didn't think Eastern would beat Cincinnati. I was expecting a closer game. You probably were too. You know, um, what Stoops says, that you guys got down early and then it kind of snowballed. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your quarterback, who is studly. I don't give a rat's what school it is. This kid could play all over the place uh, and be a studly quarterback. Uh, tell us about the quarterback. Tell us about last week. Uh, tell us your feeling of this team. Uh, still to be determined on what this team will do this year. Extremely disappointed in the effort, especially on the defensive side of the football at Cincinnati. Uh, they, I mean, they gave up 66 points. They gave up uh, scores on the seven first possessions. Offensively, uh, they're not as bad as they looked. you got to remember that there's only six seniors on this team, and half of those are transfers in. So it's a young team, and I think they'll get better from game one to game two. I don't know if it will show on the scoreboard, but you have to treat this almost not like it's preseason, but like these two Power Five games have to be stay healthy, learn from it, improve, and then you go back to your FCS level and hope that uh, you know what happens in the Cincinnati and UK games pays dividends. Walt Wells said he did see – when he broke the film down and, and when he tried to to give it a you know a critical but a fair look, he did see that the team played he thought with more physicality than it had last year, which he liked. But he said they just made too had too many self inflicted problems, uh, stupid mistakes over and over again, like like illegal procedures and the mental mistakes and the alignment assignment mistakes. And he hopes that they clean that up, but. I don't know that that'll be reflected on the scoreboard. Now, on to Parker McKinney. He's 105 yards away from 10,000 in his career. He's been there six years. He passed up Power 5 offers to stay at Eastern Kentucky. I think he has a shot at the NFL. You never know how things will break down, Alan. You never know what team you're with. Where, If he has a great season, he could be a low NFL draft choice. If not, I definitely think they'll get a free agent look and get into camp somewhere, and then it, then we'll see what happens from there. He's got the size. He's got the mental capacity to be really good as well, and, and, and he's a good quarterback. I think you're going to see two really good quarterbacks. He's having to learn. He lost two of his top three receivers. One graduated. One 
transferred to Iowa State. And so he's got a new core of receivers, and he had three other guys that were out last week due to injury. So he's still having to learn timing with them as the season goes along. And so I think that'll be time. Up on the offensive line, they're really good at two tackles. They're both getting professional looks, but they're very young up the middle at guard and center. And so that was a little bit of a weakness, and I think that'll be a a point where Kentucky can take advantage of Eastern Kentucky this week. So you're thinking that this could be even better than last year, and when it's all said and done, when you get into playing your league, Eastern Kentucky, Greg Stottlemyre could be a team for the playoffs and maybe make a deep run in the playoffs? I think it could be a team that could win the conference or it could be a team that slides toward 500. I just don't know yet. You know, they're in that new conference. So the A-Sun lost a couple of of teams in Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State to moves to FBS. And the the Western Athletic Conference faced the same thing. So they had done an alliance the last two years. So now it's known as the United Athletic Conference. There's eight teams in it. There will eventually be ten and it's a good conference. Uh, and Eastern Kentucky's got that conference to deal with, and then they've also got two non-conference games against teams that were in the FCS playoffs last year. So the schedule, there is no easy schedule at all, no easy game on the schedule. So I think they have to stay healthy. They have to improve from where they started. and But they have the ability to be better in some spots, but there are some big question marks in certain spots on this team, too. So I think it's way too early to... To know, I think we'll know after the first two games at home that are FCS level games. Real quick, the basketball team. Good, uh, you guys had a great run last year, but this could be even better for you guys, can it? I really do. I think it can. They kept the core back. They did lose one player, Darden Capiti, who went back to Kosovo to play for the for the national team, and he decided to stay and and forego his last year and and, and turn pro in Kosovo. So they brought another person in, but yeah, they have they're loaded to to potentially make a run. To be honest with you, Al, I'll be I'll be disappointed if they don't make the NCAA tournament for the first ten in years. They've got that kind of team, but again, you're in a one bid league, so there's a lot of pressure come late February, early March. But yeah, AW's done a tremendous job at EKU, fan engagement, part of the community, and he's continued his recruiting. And this could be a really good year if if things stay healthy as well. Uh, Greg Stottlemyre, I really appreciate your time. Um, uh, you do a hell of a job, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you down the road uh, before the basketball season if you can squeeze out 15 minutes for me. Anytime for you, Alan. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Greg Stottlemyre does a great job for EKU for a long time. Jimmy, I didn't want to ma- embarrass him, but if he makes it to 50 years, shouldn't they like make Greg Stottlemyre away like around the stadium? Should do something around the stadium, or maybe name the press box? Well, that's a good idea. I don't know if that would be more something. Well, yeah, after he, I would say he'd have to retire to do that, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, of oh, fifty years. No, he's forty-five now. Well, but still, when you get to that fifty years, he's probably already have something named after him there. But when you get to fifty, that's a bare minimum. You need something named after you. Isn't there something named after Carl Parks, the longtime SID there? As you're quickly looking up, of course, Carl was there forever. Anyway. Uh, I suggested a few years ago that, I guess it's more than a few years ago, I was still on TV, that he should be honored when it was around 40 years or something like that. He does a hell of a job. I mean, he's marooned through and through. And I like what he said about the team and the potential. And, you know, and Patrick McKinney, we talked about this when Walt Wells uh, gave us some time 
about a week ago, and I'm a fan of Walt Wells. That kid turned down money to stay at EKU. And so I have a simple line. I'm not going to put you on the spot, Jimmy, but would you have turned that down? That's tough. That's tough to put yourself in his in his shoes and say that you would not turn that down. Cause just because you don't know the situation, but that's I think that tells you more about the building itself than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. What's also amazing, and it's not the first time you hear this kind of story, but he had one scholarship offer. EKU. And I don't know if he's going to get drafted. Depend upon the year he has. He will absolutely unequivocally be in some NFL camp next year. Oh, yeah. I think it's so much easier now to be at a school like an EKU and get a look in the NFL than it was, obviously. I mean, just of how many other quarterbacks have been discovered from small schools. Look at Bailey Zappi with the Patriots. You know, now, granted, he broke the NCAA record for touchdowns and yards or something. But still, I think the fact that, that he stayed there and maybe – that's his way of, you know, within himself saying, I'm going to honor EKU because they were the only ones to give me a scholarship. They were the only ones to take a chance on me. I could leave, and instead of doing that, I'm going to stay here and, and stick it out because they showed faith in me, so I'm going to show faith in this coaching staff and say, I'm going to stay here and finish what I started. Uh, this is kind of with a heavy heart, and I'm not surprised, but when it hits you, it hits you. Uh, I'm seeing this on Facebook, and do me a favor, Google this. Coach Roy Kidd's family has asked for EKU to provide an update for Colonel Nation. Coach Kidd is currently at the University of Kentucky Medical Center. The family plans to move into hospice care in the next few days. They are taking all comfort measures at this time. Thank you for your concerns and prayers. I see an article that uh, LEX18 just posted about 30 minutes ago confirming same thing. You know, Roy Kidd was nice to a lot of people in the media. <laughs> nice to a lot of people. I'm just one of many. So this is not like I had a special, special relationship with him. Couldn't have been any nicer to me. Common sense. Really smart. Fun guy. Um, Mark Sock was my first weekend guy. And uh, part of his job that I made that he went to EKU every week to do a story, and we covered them every single week. This goes back to, you know, we're talking about the early 80s when they were really good. And I actually covered a whole lot of EKU games. There were times like EKU would play in the afternoon, Kentucky would play at night, I was there. Or Kentucky was on the road and we weren't traveling to the game. Like, say, we're in Florida and EKU, I was there. And so I interviewed Roy a lot, and this is not surprising. And I don't know if you still have have the tape, but uh, – Cabin on a Hill is their song, and uh, Steve Mossy got a uh, video of it, and after wins, and I remember that that old locker room that they had, maybe they still have it, I'm sure it's been updated, it's got to be updated, where it was tiny, it was cramped, this is early 80s, and Jimmy, when you brought in a camera, no TV camera could go in there and shoot for any decent time period without lens fog, so... All the photogs, everybody did it. They would literally have like a towel or get a towel because like you do one interview, Jimmy, and guess what? They're wiping the camera. So what they would do to EKU, they would start singing Camel on the Hill. And I mean, guys would be banging on walls. Guys would be banging on the lockers. It was 
I, I'm getting a chill. It was one of the best pure emotions that I've witnessed in sports. When they would win a, they would do it after all wins, but win a big. And every time we went inside the locker room, Jimmy, we always found a way to use it. Not the whole thing, but you know, eight, 10, 12 seconds, or end the story that way and take an Alan Cutler, LEX eighteen sports, that kind of thing, um, or eighteen action sports at the time. Anyway, you know, I knew this was coming, but it's still hitting me anyway. Point being is, was it the scrimmage that EKU had, and Steve Mossy got the. I call Steve Moss. I call him Mossy. Everybody calls him Mossy. Got the footage of the whole team surrounding Roy Kidd and seeing Cabot on the hill. And um, he wasn't doing well in springtime, and I knew he wasn't doing well. So the family is letting people know that they're moving him to hospice care. Sorry for kind of stuttering there. It just kind of hit me really hard, so I apologize for that. I guess I'm showing human signs or something like that. You know when you know something's going to happen? but you don't know when, right? yet you're still surprised when it happens. He was kind of like the ageless one, and one of the, not saying this because of his condition, one of the smartest football coaches I've ever been around. And and um, I think Greg put it best. He could have won anywhere. I remember the Army interview. Army would have been lucky to have hired him. <clears throat> UK too. All right, let's take a break. God bless Roy Kidd. Prayers to, to Roy and the family and everybody who loves him around DKU and anywhere. Alan Cutler, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by Republic Bank. Overdraft fees. More like no overdraft fees. With a simple access checking account from Republic Bank, you don't have to worry about overdraft fees because there are none. But there's more. Simple access checking may allow you to access your direct deposit up to two business days early and gives you the convenience of a Republic Bank MasterCard debit card. Learn more at republicbank.com simple. It's just easier here. Member FDIC. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Down, set, high. Corn dogs coming in for the boys. Rick, what are you doing? I'm practicing my snack plays for the next football game. Well, in that case, Uncle Rick, stop by any Clark's Puffin Shop and pick up Uncle Ray's potato chips, eight ounce bags, two for five dollars, or Lifesaver or Skittles gummies, regular size bag, two for six dollars. Don't get sidelined without your supplies this football season. Clark's Pumpin' Shop. Return, refresh, refuel. Lexington area weather. Showers and a few storms in the forecast for your Wednesday out ahead of a cold front that will be dropping our temperatures for the rest of the week. 
Temperatures on Thursday reaching right around 80 degrees, then falling into the upper 70s for Friday and the weekend. I'm ABC 36 Storm Team Meteorologist Dylan Goday. Sports wagering is coming to Kentucky, and the bottom line with Brad Taylor is ready. Tune in weekdays at 2 on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, Monday through Friday. Looking forward to playing EKU, uh, a team, um, you know, heck, we got guys on their staff. I I know well, he spent time with me here, and he has done a remarkable job at EKU. I believe he's coach of the year the last two years there and and did did a heck of a job a year ago and uh, really impressed with their quarterback. They played at a high level a year ago. I know they didn't get off to the start that they wanted to this past week, and uh, there were a variety of reasons for that. Mainly, uh, they got down so quick and got out of the game that they typically play, Uh, but they uh, generally play everybody very good, and they had a heck of a year uh, a year ago. And I think EKU is going to be better. That's what uh, Greg kind of says. Greg Stoudemire, who joined us, that's what Walt kind of says. And I've talked to a couple people down in Richmond, and uh, they kind of feel the same way. No matter what happens on Saturday, they're going to go back to their league, and they've got a lot of good football players. And uh, I think Walt Wells is a hell of a coach. And I think their team has gotten better and better and better and better underneath him, and I don't think they've peaked. Um, Leon Cohn. First time back calling plays. Remember, when he was in the NFL, was he calling plays? No. No. Um, it's great that he's back. Everyone says that. I agree a thousand percent. And uh, Stoops talking about Cohen calling plays again. He's like that, like all of us. You know, uh, coaches, we're going to be harder on ourselves than any of you can be. The play call was fine. There were guys open. You know, uh I, I could I could question the decision on what guy we threw it to, you know there were there were guys you know it was all slants, there were guys open. There were guys open. So, do I think Leary had a great game? Nope. Was he better in the second half? Yep. Did he throw a couple times to the wrong guy? Yep. Did a couple times guys ran the wrong route? Yep. Was it? Kind of a conglomeration of thing. Yep. Am I down on Leary? Nope. No. No. And I'll give you an example. Jagger Burton is the perfect example. I'm not saying he's going to be the best center in the history of Kentucky. Let's not get silly here. Do I think he's going to end up being a very, very good center? I really do. It's the first time he played center. It's better that he played Ball State, no disrespect to Ball State, than if he played Alabama. He's making line calls. He's telling guys where to go. Guys who were veterans. Guys who played more. Spring practice is great. (laughs) Spring game, whatever they do in their scrimmages, that's great. This is live. This is different. I think this kid's potential from Lexington is off the charts, but it was his first game. There's a young man that's new position. It's, It's a lot going on. Um, you know, even with him making a lot of the protections and IDing things and then snapping and then playing well, you put it all together, there's a lot on his plate. And I thought he handled it uh, good. We expect him to be better as we go along. And I buy that. And I think the line's going to get better. 
So there's two schools of thought with this, and one of them I don't buy. How many times, Jimmy, have you heard, well, you know, if they couldn't knock them on their butts, Ball State, how the hell are they going to do it against Alabama and Georgia and da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Well, there's a yes and no to that, okay? Here's the no. They're going to be much better as a line. Now, the question is, will it be good enough to play Georgia? Will it be good enough to play Tennessee? That's the question, and that's a fair question. But do I think this line, if they can stay healthy, end up playing together? I mean, Horsey is out. A couple weeks, maybe more, who knows? They get some coordination together, which they will do. They'll communicate better, which they will do. And by the way, any line would basically do that if there's enough talent. And I think there's enough talent. Do I think it's the best talent in the country? No. Do I think they're going to be the best offensive line in the country? No. Do I think they're going to be the best offensive line in the Stoops? No. Do I think they could be a good offensive line? Yes, I do. And that game changes nothing. Nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Not a thing. And it shouldn't. There's no reason why it should. So they're going to get better. They're absolutely going to get better. We'll see. I think Burton's a perfect example. You think he was nervous, Jimmy? Probably, yeah. yeah. You think he'll be nervous against Georgia? Yeah. But I think it'll be a different kind of nervous. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think this kid has so much potential. It's absolutely off the charts. Just off the charts. I uh, want to thank Cutter Bowling for allowing his dad to come in. Uh-huh. Uh, Scott Bowley was wonderful. Uh, Scott Bowley from Western Kentucky. His son's going to play at UK. Uh, can't wait to see him at UK. But you know what? Let's slow it down. Hope he continues to have the spectacular year he's having at LCA, averaging over 300 yards a clip. they got a hell of a schedule. I need to go watch some LCA games. I've said that. I haven't done that yet. Um, thanks, thanks for him coming on. Thanks for Greg Stottlemyre. Tomorrow, Rags and Kenny. Kenny Rice and his dad. It should be his dad and Kenny. Um, it's just joyous seeing them. You know, and, and the funny thing, too, is we went out to lunch uh, after one of the shows, and it was just like doing the radio show. That's just how they are. Uh, they're treasures. And Kenny's being honored nationally for his work, which I think is really, really, really cool. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow. That'll be part of what we're calling the conversation part of the show. So that'll be at uh, 1230. At 115, Vinny Hardy, who's tough and, and really has good analysis of UK. He's got his own podcast. We'll let him plug that. That'll be cool. On Friday, Jerry Blanton. Jerry Blanton from the great team from the 70s. Stud defensive lineman who could fly. That'll be fun. That'll be part of our conversation part of the show. <clears throat> Hopefully, Hal McCoy also talking about the Reds on Friday. And Brad Taylor, who's coming up next. Uh, on Friday, as he will join us all the time, day before Kentucky plays in basketball and football, to talk about the gambling aspect and the gambling angle. And I'm not a gambling expert. Don't play one on TV. Uh, I think I can learn from him. He's got a so different take than I think about this stuff, and that's because of my naivete. It's pretty simple. I want to throw this out quickly. I was going to make a big deal of this. Obviously not time. I would have taken LSU out of the top 25. I don't know about you, Jimmy. Would you have done it? Yeah, it seems a bit much for them to go from four to drop all the way out. Okay, but a lot of teams that are four preseason is BS. That's true. And, I mean, Colorado went from 84 in some polls to 22. It's not so. like I would have made Colorado number one. Yeah. Okay, so, one, I would have dropped them out of the top 25. That's me. 
they're 14. Two, Duke comes in at 21. You know where I would have put them? 13. Colorado, no, I wouldn't have put them number one. Didn't somebody put them number two in the top five? Probably. Yeah. There's always one. I would have put them (laughs) in number 11. And by the way, I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games. They could end up being 500. They got a tough. There's a lot of good teams in that pack, whatever they call themselves. Okay. Now. So, so the undefeated pack 10. Yeah. Pack 12. Pack four. Whatever <laughs> it is. Okay. Point is this. Suppose they go two and nine, which I don't think they're going to do. Suppose they go two and nine. Suppose they get blown out 50 to six, which against Nebraska, which I don't think is going to happen. But you know what? If they lost 50 to six, you know what to do? They're out of the top 25. Whether you're at number 11 or not, maybe it was just. A one-week thing. I don't think it is. Point being is you need to be more fluid with this stuff. They have earned the right. They're at 22. Oh, let's put them in, but they have to be low, and then they can move up. I'm sorry. They beat a team that that was supposed to be really good, right, who got blown out in the national championship game. Which was weird that they were ranked so high after losing their three best players on offense. Duggan, their receiver. And then uh, the running back that they had. So I thought that too, except there's two things. One, I honestly don't know enough about him yeah. if the talent behind him was that good, or was it possibly that lazy people voting didn't take into account what they had? Yeah, they thought, oh, well, they were in the national championship. Who cares? They got beat by 60. Uh, they were still in the natty, so you got to put them in the top 25. I'm going to guess it's a little bit of both. The other thing, keep in mind that there are some people who do the voting who think that they have to keep their what? They have to keep their league looking well. I can't uh, stand that crap. I can't, and I would have put Florida State two instead of four, and that's me. So I'd have had LSU out of the top twenty-five. I'd have Duke thirteen instead of twenty-one. I'd have Colorado at eleven, not twenty-two, and I'd have Florida at two instead of four. Terry Page, Terry Page, Terry Page. Last week, after the Shane Boyd show, Mike Langfeld said, "Great show today. Never disappointed." Terry Page, no shoulder surgery. Listen to this. Because of her services, blessings beyond measure. When I returned to my doctor and shared the story, they are interested in the application. That's how good Terry Page is. So you hear it from me all the time. Now you hear it from somebody else. And a whole bunch of you have gone to see Terry Page because of the spots. 859-373-0578. 859-373-0578. And Mike Langfield says, I value and appreciate you sharing your services. Here's the drawback. She stays booked. That's a good thing. I'm on a waiting list when someone cancels. That's okay. I will wait to secure a spot. Terry Pays, thanks again to Scott Boley. Thanks so much to Greg Stottlemyre. Thanks so much to Jimmy. Appreciate it. Tomorrow, Rags and Kenny Rice. Alan Cutler, 1300 AM and Vinnie Hardy, 92.5 FM. Listen to the Alan Cutler Show 